0: Back on WrestleRant Radio for Thursday, May 12, 2022, Graham GSM Matthews, as always being joined by the one, the illustrious, the man I saw in person and in living color this last Sunday at WrestleMania Backlash. It was Mr. Marcel. Brother, how you doing?
1: Doing well, G.S.M.
0: How are you? Doing great. Still recovering from the kids screaming behind you at WrestleMania Backlash the other day?
1: Dude, I'm... I just got over it. Like, I think last night I had trouble sleeping because still like had some PTSD. But besides that, I'm doing well.
0: Take some aspirin. I know we just got done talking and ranting about that uh, momentarily right before we hit the record button here. But it's always a fun time going to the shows. I was at Raw on Monday as well in the same building um, in the XL Center that we saw the wedding live at with Lana and Lashley two and a half years ago. Amazing to think it's been that long since I was in that building last
1: yeah, it's
0: crazy. I mean, I wish I was there. I wish I was there for Monday night. I could have got my suit ready. It's actually just
1: got tailored, too, so... Ah, perfect. Played. I thought it was in dry
0: cleaning. I, I got it. Okay, perfect. Well, save it for the next wedding. Um, I used that same, you know, suit when we went to your wedding last year, but it was funny. I was actually waiting for a buddy of mine to arrive at the, sh- oh, <coughs> at the show on Monday when uh, we, we, we sat with someone, and we were waiting for him to arrive, And who do I see waiting in the merch line but Sal, the same man who joined us for Raw in that building the last time we were there. And we were reminiscing about the wedding in that same building. That fucking awful episode of Raw from late 2019. Uh, Not so good times back from when uh, Raw was, was not a great show consistently. Not to say they're killing it every single week, but I did enjoy a majority of what we got on Monday night. Maybe save for that final hour, which we will get to, but we're gonna have thoughts on WrestleMania Backlash. We're gonna talk and we're gonna be talking dynamite here today, ahead of a double or nothing coming up in a few short weeks, which we will be joining you for, not in person in Vegas, but rather at the Marsau compound. So we get a double dose of the Marsos in the month of May. Super excited for that. And we're also gonna be talking about Roman Reigns. I know last week I think it was we did a deep dive on NXT 2.0. I got a lot to say about Roman Reigns, his current status, is if he if he's going away, his status for Hell in the Cell if WWE even needs him right now do they desperately need him, do they not need him we'll get into all of that momentarily but before any of that, new episodes of Rant Radio every single Thursday WrestleRant.com, WrestleRantRadio.com iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, TuneIn Radio iHeartRadio, Google Podcast, Podbean, Amazon Music and Pandora you can rate the show, review the show, subscribe to the show, new episodes every single Thursdays with myself and Mr. Marceau Um, So as I said, before we get to the Roman Reigns stuff and Dynamite, which we'll probably save for the end here today, and we'll get to Dynamite, or rather, Double or Nothing predictions in two weeks here on the show, and it's a very stacked, exciting month of May, I do want to talk about WrestleMania Backlash, since that was the... You know, latest event to happen, not the latest, but like the last event. I want to start with the old first uh, from Sunday night. Um, doesn't feel like it was just four days ago, but we were live at the Dunk, as they call it, Dunkin' do Center in Providence. Um, not only were you attended WrestleMania, or it wasn't WrestleMania Backlash at the time, but not only were you went to Backlash 13 years ago, Mr. Marceau, but it was in that same building. Six or seven months later that I went to my first WWE show for a SmackDown ECW taping. So, the fact... That, that wasn't... The, I was going to say that wasn't the last time that you were in that building. Because you went to Raw in that building like six months ago, right?
1: Uh, Yeah, I went to Raw in the same building. I think it was in November.
0: Yeah, they had that Bianca-Becky match for the Raw women's title. I remember you telling me about, which was a pretty good show. But, uh... Yeah, reminiscing and being back in that building. I've been there before for Comic-Cons and stuff, but, you know, I will say this. Providence, I don't think, is notoriously known as this super hot crowd, but before we even get into the matches here, that was a very hot crowd on Sunday, save for the kid behind you screaming his lungs out that was, you know, busting your eardrum wide open, but... You know the crowd itself overall, I thought was super hot all night, and I thought they really added. I mean, I thought it might have just been an in person thing, and it didn't come across on TV. But I saw online people say the same thing: the crowd was very hot all night long, which was uh, a pleasant surprise.
1: Yeah, I thought it was a, I thought it was a good show. I mean, I liked how they kind of left some stuff off it to kind of, kind of flush out on Raw, especially like Liv and Rhea, and we got more Becky and and Oscar on Monday as well. So I'm, I'm kind of glad that they didn't like put everything on the show. I think. A show like WrestleMania Backlash, it's nice to have a, a smaller card. I mean, the rematches aren't the greatest thing of all time, but I think it's nice that they don't just thrust everyone on the show and we get like a five-hour show. So I thought overall it was it was a, it was a good time, besides the kids screaming in my ear.
0: <laughs> well, I will say this: we did get four out of six rematches on this show um, on the card. We had six matches in total. No segments in between, no pre-show matches. We didn't miss anything by arriving minutes before the show started. We got there just in time. I mean, we were waiting for merch when Cody and uh, Seth came out. But beyond that, does the uh, Becky shirt and what other shirt did you get? The Roman Reigns shirt, did they fit well?
1: Everything fits great.
0: Perfect. You better be wearing them the next time I see you. But uh, that being said, uh, yeah, no, I like the six-match card. It was short, sweet, succinct, straight to the point. I think we need more pay-per-views like that. I did have my criticisms going in that why are they leaving certain matches off, and, you know, personally, I would have rather seen Becky and Oscar on the show compared to fucking Madcap and Corbin, but they probably wanted more of a SmackDown presence on the show because there wasn't a lot of SmackDown matches on the show at all. We only had one championship match, but for a pay-per-view that people really didn't have high hopes for going in, I thought this well-exceeded expectations, and although it kind of came across like a glorified house show, it ended up being a lot of fun in person, specifically for the opener. Now, again, I know the kid behind you was at his worst during this match, but this was an outstanding opener between Rollins and Cody. And Alexis and I were there for the last match of Mania 38, uh, night one, had a fantastic match that show. I thought this one was better. I thought this was a stronger match It had a better pace. The crowd was into it from start to finish. The first match may have had more emotion because it was obviously Rhodes' return. People were excited to see him. The whole presentation of the American Nightmare in WWE was kind of a moment in and of itself. But as a match, I thought this was honestly better. This was a fantastic piece of business. Great showings here from both guys. Their chemistry really is off the charts. And that's always been the case dating back to like when the Rhodes brothers were having matches with the Shield 9-10 years ago. But still, I mean, I can't emphasize enough how great their chemistry is here. And they've obviously only gotten better since then. And uh, Rhodes ended up picking up the win. Turn about his fair play when Rollins was about to cheat. Rhodes reversed the roll-up, held the tights. And some people thinking, oh, is he turning heel, all this other shit? Not a lot of people, but I did see some chatter about that online. He's not turning heel. It was more a matter of just, hey, what's good for the what's good for the goose and whatever, whatever's good for the egg, I guess is the expression, but um, that applies here in this match. And Rhodes picks up the win as I think he should have. No, I think we both picked Rollins to win last week, but I'm happy they went the direction by having Cody win two in a row against Rollins. So I thought that was uh, very well done, but Mr. Marceau, your thoughts on the match and the fact that Cody went two and oh against Rollins on Sunday night.
1: Yeah, I think this was an amazing match. I mean, this was the match that we, that we wanted to go off first. It was, I mean, bell to bell. It was great. I mean, the kid was fucking screaming in my ear. That's another story for another day. But the match itself was great. I thought it was high pace. They kind of did everything uh, to just keep your in, your engagement the entire time. I mean, it was a longer match, but I just I never felt like it felt like you're like, oh my god, this match is dragging on. I like, felt like it had a good pace to it. And I mean, Cody winning, I was a little surprised. I mean, we did get a a continu- continuation on Monday night, but uh, I mean, Cody's so over. I mean. I feel like you kind of can't have him lose him until he kind of goes for the main championship or at least cleanly. So great match here. Rollins is over as well. So I am kind of interested to see what they do with him. I feel like he's not that he's a baby face, but like he's getting the reaction. I mean, he's also panning to the crowd, which I kind of don't like. I don't like he was panning to the crowd, but um, it's seemingly we're going to get him and him and Cody again, probably a hell in a cell. So this was a great match. I think I, yeah, I mean, it was good. I mean, both their matches. I would say they're both neck and neck. I mean, the WrestleMania one might have been probably a little bit better just because it was Cody's debut, and it was amazing. It was on a bigger stage. But I think this match kind of ranks right up there. I think it, it, it was a close second if, uh, if I was going to rank them.
0: Yeah, I mean, we'll talk about the best match of the show and what it was when we get to the end here. But no, I thought this was off the charts, and they I thought they really killed it. And, um, you know, for a match that had nothing at stake, and it was just the WrestleMania rematch, they did a fantastic job. And... Would you agree? I think they've done a really good job so far of presenting Cody and it's only a mere month into his run. He could be on main event in three months from now, but so far so good. I mean, this guy's getting rock star reactions. They're capitalizing over, you know, off of the momentum that he had coming into WWE. The change of scenery has been great for him. Uh, not that he would have failed in AEW had he stayed there, but I really feel like the whole lack of world championship, that whole stipulation thing was really hurting him in the, in the long run. And, uh, you know, just being back in WWE, it's a fresh face and a new promotion, which we haven't really gotten a lot of in WWE in a long time. Now we've had people get called up, but we haven't had like this big name signing to WWE in a very long time. Uh, and we're getting that with Cody right now, and I'm really happy they're capitalizing off of it. And he's well on his right. He's well on his way, I would think, to winning or at least contending for the world championship. Wouldn't you say?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think Cody is ready. Um I mean, I think we're obviously not getting that right away because we're getting him and South again, but, I mean, I seemingly I think they're going to set him up for SummerSlam or Money in the Bank, or they said he could have won win Money in the Bank as well. He was in the trailer, so I think they've done everything right with him, um, and I think it's probably the best part of Raw right now.
0: Most definitely, and I think there's a lot to, uh, personally, a lot to like about Raw right now, not so much about SmackDown, but... You know, Raw right now has got a couple of good stories, Cody Rhodes being chief among them, and I'm, I'm digging what they're doing right now with Cody Rhodes, which is great to see. Uh, Bobby Lashley and Omos, not exactly an anticipated rematch from WrestleMania, but again, continuing the theme of WrestleMania rematches being better than the original. Uh, not a great match by any means, but for what it was, it was fine. Lashley kind of worked to Omos' limitations. Um, they kind of made the most of the time they had. Omos wasn't awful in there, but he can only do so much for a man of his size and for a guy of uh, little of experience as he has as a wrestler. You know, he's been... I would say exceed expectations. But my bar is so low. That's not really saying much at all. But the match was fine. It played out exactly as we probably thought it would. With MVP costing Lashley the win. Giving Omos the victory. And prolonging the feud into uh, next Monday. Where they will collide on Raw in a steel cage match. Now, I know a lot of people were worried that they were going to save the rubber match for Hell in a Cell and have it be blown off inside Hell in a Cell, which could still happen. I mean, this could end in like a draw or some fluky finish. But I'm really happy that it appears... I mean, to go from a steel cage to Hell in a Cell is... I mean, it's essentially the same stipulation. That'd be pretty dumb. So I'm hoping that's not the case. But, um, you know, it goes back to what you were saying before. It saves an, a, a quote-unquote attraction for Raw... And, I mean, I don't think they should do all their money matches, not that this is a money match, but they're doing a bigger match on Raw ahead of time, announcing it ahead of time, which I like. And the match itself, a WrestleMania backlash was exactly what it was supposed to be. So, no complaints here, far from an instant classic, but I thought for the time it was given, it was perfectly passable.
1: Yeah, I mean, this was this was fine for what it was. I mean, Omos is no Ric Flair. I mean, for their limitations, it was fine. I mean, what didn't its welcome MVP got involved. Like I said, it seemed like we are going to get a steel cage next week. So, I thought it was fine for what it was. I mean, it's probably the best Omos match you'll probably get. I mean, he's very limited. I thought Lashley did pretty well. It wasn't over too long, and MVP got the fuck in there. So,
0: I uh, no complaints. Yeah, no complaints with this one. I know we talked a little bit about it before, but what do you think Omos' ceiling is in this company? I mean, do you think he can improve? And I think MVP being there as his mouthpiece helps, but... I just, from what we've seen from him, and he's been in the ring now consistently for the better part of the past year since you know having his in-ring debut at WrestleMania 37, I just feel like we might be getting another Kali with him, and he might be geared towards comedy in the long run, which might not be a bad thing. I've, I've seen him act normally, and I've seen his normal self outside of the ring, and he's actually a pretty funny guy, so I'm not even sure that would be the worst thing, but I, I feel like this guy can only go so far, and he's not going to be one of their big top heels in either brand.
1: Yeah, I mean, I don't think he'll go too too far. I mean, he is extremely limited. Obviously, Kali was as well, but I don't know. I just – I don't – I don't know. I, I really don't really – I understand he's a giant and Vince obsessed with giants, but I feel like you could have got more out of Braun Strowman. I always go back to this, but I think he could have been that role if you actually pushed him correctly and he actually won something that mattered. But we got Omos now. So, I mean, maybe – I don't even want to say champion, like main champion, because I don't want to see that. So, But I, I think he could be a, a, a decent giant, but I mean, he still needs a lot more work in the ring. He's just boring as hell.
0: Yeah, nothing too flashy about him, which there doesn't need to be. But, like, an adding MVP to the act definitely helps. But I'm not sure. They definitely see bigger things in him than most. And maybe it will pan out. Maybe he will improve and he'll surprise a lot of people. But so far, I'm just not seeing it. Um, as far as Bobby Lashley goes, I do think he should and will win the rubber match next week. And I think it would be... I mean, I don't know what you'd do with him in between that win and what I'm about to say, uh, just to kill time maybe some other way. But I feel like all roads should lead to him maybe not beating Roman Reigns for either one of his titles, but at least contending for it. I mean, I feel like Roman and Bobby is a match. They only interacted very briefly in that triple threat on Raw late last year with Big E. Beyond that, we haven't seen them one-on-one um, in about four years, I think, they had two one-on-one matches. One of the extreme rules that Lashley won clean, actually. Roman won the rematch on Raw eight days later. We haven't, I don't think, seen them go one-on-one since. And uh, they had very good chemistry even to that point. And they've only gotten bigger and better since then. I feel like that's a match you got to do at some point now that Lashley's a full-fledged babyface.
1: Yeah, I completely agree. I think with Lashley as a babyface, it's the perfect opponent for Roman. Um, I, 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 I mean... It's interesting. I want to see, like, especially with Bobby's age specifically. I mean, I wonder what they're going to do with him. Like, if he's going to stay around for a little bit, I, I would definitely be down for him to have like a title run. But I also think Cody should be the one to beat Roman. So we'll see. I, I, I think it's a good feud. I think Lashley's. They were kind of rebranding of Lashley even when he was the Almighty heel. he's still, I mean, from what he was right when he brought in, it kind of like it was like him and Drew kind of got brought in the same way. Like, weren't really doing anything with them, but once they kind of like went full fledged in on it, they kind of like made them both stars, so um, I like it. I guess, like I said, it would be more of a longevity thing. I think Lashley's in his mid-40s, so depending on how much longer he's got, I think we could probably see a a decent title reign, especially as a baby face.
0: It really is amazing, man. When you think about the fact that these two guys left, uh, McIntyre was released, Lashley left on his own accord, I believe, um, back in 2008, you know, they had success elsewhere, but so do a lot of people. I mean, John Morrison is no Drew or Bobby, but, you know, he became bigger and better outside of WWE when he left, came back. They did nothing with him, didn't see him as any bigger of a star. He ended up in the exact same spot that he was before he left, which was fine, the stuff with Miz, but I felt like they could have done more with him before letting him go. You know, I know you were never his biggest fan, but I look at someone like an EC3 who also became a objective objectively a bigger star and a smaller pawn, no less, in TNA, but he had a lot more potential. They didn't even give the guy a chance. I mean, you look at people like those two specifically, I'm sure there's a lot more examples of people I'm not thinking of um, that left or were released, came back, looking for more success, and they just did absolutely nothing with them at all. I'm sure there's plenty more examples I'm just not thinking of off the top of my head. Um... But yeah, it's it's weird. Like, Cody is obviously an example of someone like a Drew or a Bobby who left had success coming back, at least for now, and it could change, but he's been over, and he's, you know, it's ended up being a success so far, but it is weird that they kind of pick and choose who, and, and it's, I know, I, like, listen, I know Drew's just a bigger star and better than EC3 in, in various ways, but EC3 also kind of fit the mold of what Vince would like, I would think, too. So is it not weird to you that, I mean, there's no formula for who they push and who they don't? But it is weird that there's a lot of people they bring back that you would think would be more successful than they are that ended up just fizzling out for really no reason at all without even really being given a chance.
1: Yeah, I mean, ec I, I don't know. Maybe it's, I honestly think it's just like Drew and Bobby just are bigger guys, and I just feel like Vince sees them as bigger stars. So, like, I mean, EC3's no no Adam Cole. He's no, like, smaller guy, but I, I mean... I just maybe they still, I I don't know it's it's weird I just feel like sometimes with certain people they just don't actually like they bring them back just like I think EC3 was more bring them back to so take them away from e, like AEW at first and then they did absolutely nothing with them so I mean now he's doing whatever the hell he's doing so well,
0: I mean he, uh, he came back before AEW was the thing but I kind of understand your point
1: so I mean we'll see I I think Lashley and Drew are just a little bit different case so I think they kind of got him. I mean, last year was still big. I think last year was more over, kind of pushed at a bigger, uh, at a bigger level than Drew ever, obviously Drew ever was. So um, I think it's more of their frame. They're bigger. They like that. They think a star needs to be big. I mean, look at Roman Reigns. Look at John Cena. I mean, Randy Aaron's no small guy either. So it's just kind of who they attract, and I think Bobby and Drew kind of fit right in that mold when they're looking for bigger guys. So. I, I think it makes sense in that aspect, but, I mean, someone like Braun, you would think uh, Vince would have a hard-on for, but yeah. never really, got that far.
0: Yeah, again, no rhyme or reason to why certain people are pushed and others aren't, and again, we don't work there, we don't know the behind-the-scenes stuff that goes on, but it is just strange to me, and again, it's it's not even like, like McIntyre and Bobby received the Cody treatment, I mean, it took McIntyre a good two to three years to finally get in the spot that he was, as a main eventer, he didn't win the WWE title until 2020. He came back to the company in 2017. They put him in NXT first. He came up to the main roster. He was Ziggler's, you know, right hand man for a while, which was kind of weird. Uh, did nothing in 2019, and it was weird. It didn't really felt like it didn't really seem like they saw him as the star that he ended up becoming. Lashley was well worse off. I mean, the stuff they were doing with Lashley for the first three years of his run in that company when he came back in 2018 was fucking terrible. I mean, he won a couple of mid card championships, but before the Hurt business, they were doing nothing with the guy. So again, it's not like, oh, you know, he's a big guy, so let's push him upon being brought back. Cody's not a big guy, but I you mentioned the other day that he's added some bulk on since he's been gone, which is true. Um, and that's been the case for a while now, I would think. But um, with Bobby, it's not like, oh, you know, he's a big guy. We fucked up on him the first time. Let's bring him back and push him. It took him like three years to finally realize, okay, this is someone that we could be doing more with. So it's weird. I'm happy that we get those Cases with those people, but not with others. It's just weird to me. Um, but hey, I mean, I guess it's better some people get that treatment than than nobody at all, which it seems like is usually the case. But I mean, Drew and Bobby getting over the level that they did um, definitely helps, especially at a time where if we're losing all these top stars to injury and people just leaving, you need people like Drew and Bobby. Although they're no spring chickens, they're not young by any means. Uh, you need people like that to fill in the void while they're gone. So we'll get into more with Roman Reigns and him being gone in a little bit, but. You know, speaking of uh, two guys that aren't exactly young, but still putting on very good matches, that being Edge and AJ Styles, I thought this was another really good match, better than the WrestleMania match. Not the best that I know they're capable of, but I'm hoping we get that big, you know, big match that I know they're capable of at um, Hell in the Cell. Hopefully, whether it's inside the cell or not, but good stuff here. Again, another cheap finish to protect AJ and defeat this time with a masked figure. Um, you know interfering at ringside ultimately revealed to be none other than Rhea Ripley who we kind of figured would be joining the judgment day as they're now calling themselves at some point we got it on Sunday night and I thought the visual of them all three of them together on Monday's Raw was fantastic some of the spooky supernatural shit they've done which we haven't gotten in the last two or three weeks but we were coming out of mania was not good so I'm hoping they kind of move away from that, because that was kind of what did The Fiend and Bray Wyatt in uh, for as long as he was there. But I really like the, really the act. I think they have great chemistry together. This was a good match. I like the fact they didn't immediately have AJ avenge the loss, and maybe he'll win the third one. But I thought this was great, man. I, I enjoyed this, and I really like where they're going with, um, you know, Edge and Damian, Rhea, and then on the opposite end, you have AJ and now Finn Balor, too. So I'm, I'm a fan of all this right now.
1: Yeah, I thought this was a fine match. Yeah. Um... I mean, I think it was as good as a WrestleMania match, maybe even a little bit better. Um, I mean, they work well together. The only, like, kind of nitpick, I mean, I think what they should have done more with Rhea is, like, make it a little bit less obvious. Like, she had her fucking pants on. I mean, at that point, you knew who the fuck it was. I mean, obviously, we knew it was probably going to be Rhea, but, I mean, she was wearing her, like, legitimate wrestling gear. So it's like, okay, I know for a fact that's Rhea Ripley. It's not like they even, like... They should have hit it a little bit better, but that's just a a little nitpick there. But, Mm -hmm. I mean... I, I like it. I, I'm interested to see how far they go. I mean, I think Edge, to get more credibility, probably show some kind of championship on them, but mm-hmm. I don't I don't know if that's actually the direction they're going in. So, uh, him, Balor, Styles, I mean, Liv Morgan's in there as well. Um, it's interesting. I think it could be some good series of matches, and, I mean, they're, they're, I really didn't know what AJ was going to do after the pass, so maybe we get this a little bit longer.
0: Yeah, no, I could see this certainly lasting at least a little bit longer. I mean, they are obviously continuing it, at least a how on the cell. And, um, yeah, no, I like the fact, again, they're not 1-1, one and one. it's Edge going 2-0, and as Rhodes did with Rollins, so, um, we'll see how much it helps Rhea, I think it gets her on the right track, and, um, she's better off as a heel right now, I like what they did with her on Raw as well on Monday, and having her basically destroy Liv Morgan, but, um, no, I, I like where they're going with this, do you think we could get a six-person tag team match in the next pay-per-view instead of Edge and AJ 1-1 on again, and, um, do you think Edge and or rather AJ and Finn Balor might recruit someone from the Raw roster, whether it be a Liv Morgan or, you know, I was fantasy booking Beth Phoenix because I know she obviously is the real life wife of Edge and, you know, her and Rhea I think would be a lot of fun. Um, any thoughts on that or do you think it's going to be just AJ and Finn and then Liv what she did with Rhea on Monday is the end of that feud?
1: Um, I mean, if we're going to do all three, I would just keep it with Liv. I mean, if I was Liv, I would tell AJ and uh and Finn, they go f off because they literally watch her get the shit kicked out of her. And then they came out, <laughs> took a sweet ass time, did their whole entrance. You know, no, no hurry after after Liv got the snot kicked out of her by the group. So, I mean, if I was Liv, I would say no. But if you're gonna keep any do any women, I would probably do Liv.
0: Yeah, at least that would make sense. Um, I would not be opposed to that at all. Uh, Speaking of the women, we had the SmackDown Women's Championship defended on Sunday as well. Ronda Rousey beating Charlotte Flair in an I Quit match. And if you didn't know it was an I Quit match, you certainly wouldn't know from watching the match and the constant screaming from both women. That aside, and that's part of the reason why I don't like I Quit matches, and we haven't had many women's I Quit matches, so I thought that was cool. I like the stipulation, but I don't know if it was the screaming itself or the way they did it or... Maybe there's a better way to execute it. I don't know. It it did get a bit tiresome by the end there. But the actual physicality of the match I thought was good. Again, another match I thought was better than the original encounter at WrestleMania. And Ronda winning was the right call. With Ronda getting the better of Charlotte in recent weeks on SmackDown, I kind of feared, fuck. Like, are they going to keep the belt on Charlotte? Have her do what they did with Rockin' Mankind all those years ago? And have it be like a videotape of Rhea saying, I quit. And that's their out. They've done that so many times. I think that'd be fucking stupid. So... Uh, I'm glad they didn't do that. Rhonda winning was the right call, as they mentioned. And now Charlotte Flair's apparently uh, she's apparently taking time off. They they announced that she broke her radius, which we found out later on was her arm. We were sitting there discussing what the fuck does that even mean. I'm no doctor. Uh, I'm, I'm no uh, you know uh, you know body major. I, I forgot what the word is for. Uh, what do they call that class in school when you study? Oh, human anatomy. That's the word I was looking for. Human
1: anatomy. Yeah,
0: I'm no human anatomy major, but. Um, you know, we figured it out quite quickly. was her arm, which is what she uh, tapped out anyway. So, Rhonda is the new champion. Charlotte's gone for right now. And uh, we had our I Quit match, which, again, I thought overall I enjoyed, but I don't get the sense from what you said while we were there that you were as much of a fan of the match as I was.
1: I mean, I, I, I think it's official. If they just retire they re- the I Quit match, especially the way that they currently do it, I'm all set with that. <laughs> I have no interest in the screaming. And it's just like, it's like a glorified, no DQ garbage match. Like, they got the kendo sticks, and through the people, and it's more furniture, I mean. And then, like, Ronda and Charlotte are just screaming into the microphone, I mean. I just, it's not my cup of tea, so if they went away with it, I'd be fine. I Classic WWE, to say she broke her arm, like, why do you have to say radius? Like, yeah. no one knows what the fuck that means. Um Ronda, new champion, interested to see what they do with her. Uh, and Charlotte's going to be off TV for a little bit, so interested to do with her as well. So, not, not 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 a great match. I'm fine with it, with what it was done, but if they moved on, I wouldn't hate it.
0: Who do you think they have um, challenged Ronda Rousey next from the SmackDown Women's roster for the championship?
1: I really don't know. That's what I was saying. I, uh... Maybe Bailey. I, I really don't know. Maybe Sasha. I don't know. I feel like there's not really anyone built up right
0: now to face or Yeah, I mean, I've been saying Bailey. I feel like I know she was tweeting the other day. Oh, what, I'm recovering, and she was she was making a bigger deal about it than she has lately, which tells me that she's doing that on purpose to swerve people. And she's actually back on Friday. I mean, she should be back by now. I mean, not that the timetables are always accurate, but it was reported when she got injured in July of last year that she'd be out for around nine months, which would put her around Mania. She hasn't been back since. And I feel like they were just waiting for the right time to bring her back. And having her back on Raw would have been nice because she hasn't been a member of the Raw roster in a few years now. But SmackDown needs her far more than Raw does at this point. And uh, we haven't seen a Rousey-Bailey feud yet. I mean, they had one match after the Rumble three years ago. That was okay. Um, I'm sure they could have better chemistry now. Bayley wouldn't win, mind you. But the last match that she was supposed to have before she got hurt was with Bianca for the SmackDown Women's title. So she never got that opportunity. So I think it would make sense. So beyond that, though, I don't know what the hell you do. I mean, they have Shotzi. Shotzi already lost to Ronda in 90 seconds on SmackDown a couple of weeks ago. That's not happening. Aliyah, that's not happening. Shayna and Natalia and Sasha and Naomi were all currently wrapped up in the tag team title scene. Shayna and Ronda at some point is obviously something you have to dip into, although no one really takes Shayna seriously anymore. But I don't know if they're going to do that anytime soon. The only person that makes sense would be Bailey if they brought her back, and uh, that's what I would do. Especially since Charlotte is going away for right now, we heard. Uh, Thoughts on Charlotte's apparent uh, absence from TV coming up, and I heard it was due to the fact that she and Andrade might be getting... I think Mike Johnson said getting married later on in the year, but it's like, how long is she going to be gone for? Like, is she getting married in October and she's gone until then? Or is she just taking time off? So I thought that was interesting. But uh, honestly, I'm fine with no Charlotte for right now. I like Charlotte. I've I've said before, I think she's great as a character. She's definitely overexposed. Um, She hasn't been off of TV since she had that uh, six-month hiatus back in 2020. So I think it's nice to have her out of the picture for right now, but you really got to fill in that void of someone else is my thing.
1: Yeah, I, I, I think Charlotte leaving TV for a little bit is like a fresher breath there. I mean, she's been just overexposed, like you said, to the T. I mean, she's always in the title picture. I just, I'm fine with her being away for a little bit. So, um, it's it's always, a, I think, for a lot of, especially with, like, even Becky. Like, I'm a big Becky guy, but she was gone for that whole year for the pregnancy. I feel like she was kind of, like, losing her mojo at the very end. So, her taking the time off definitely helped her. And same with Sasha as well. and Bailey's been out with injuries, so I feel like she'll be hotter, hotter than she was in a while when she comes back. So yeah, um, I, th- I think it's—I think she'll be fine, and when she comes back, she'll kind of—they'll—I mean, she'll be in the in, in the plans as always. So no issues on that end. But uh, her being away from TV definitely won't hurt. I don't think.
0: No, I don't think it'll be as long as they can fill the void with someone like a Bailey. Not that Charlotte was carrying that division. I think some of her feuds as champion were just not the greatest, but you know, losing Lacey Evans to Raw, not that she would have been a game changer, is a little weird to me, though, the fact they would move her to Raw when Raw doesn't really need her, and we'll get to her in the Raw review momentarily, but, um, yeah, they have Raquel Rodriguez, too, she is another one, I don't know if they build her up to face Ronda anytime soon, but, I mean, honestly, she was someone, she's someone I would turn heel, I know they just turned Xia Lee heel for no real reason, but I feel like they're miscast, Zia Lee feels like she'd be better off as a face, and, Raquel is a fine face, as we saw in NXT, but I feel like she's just far better as a heel, so that's what I would do, but we'll see where they go going forward. You caught more of the Madcap Moss and Happy Corbin match than I did. Um, I went to go get a drink, and Alexis went to the bathroom, and I missed probably about half the match, three quarters of it. From what I saw, it was fine. They worked well together. The crowd didn't really seem to give a shit. I was in the... Um, back hallway, which is where it seemed like a majority of the crowd was getting merchandise and shit, so um, everyone cleared out during the bathroom break of a match, but it wasn't a bad match, it's just a feud I don't really care about, now I know you're more of a Mad Cat Moss fan than I am, my thing has always been, and we've said this before, he's got to ditch the dumb name, music, gimmick, and everything, and I don't think he would fail, but I do think he would have a better chance at success than he would currently with this dumb gimmick that really just kind of turns people off and people just don't care. Uh, he did win, which is good. I, I fear that Corbin might win. Uh, but I feel like for Moss to really get to the next level and really give him a shot at superstardom to see if he sw- uh, sinks or swims, they got to repackage him, either into what he was previously or into something entirely different.
1: Yeah, I was I saying to you, I think we talked about it last week, I obviously I think he needs to change the character. It's just, it's too goofy. But like, I fear... I feel like they're going to keep the character because, like, that's how he'll get, like, heat on heels. Like, he'll be, like, joking jackass, unfortunately. That's, like, how he'll get in this next program and stuff. So, I fear that. I mean, I think he's good enough in the ring if they actually give him a a, a decent push. Um, So, I mean, I think done right, he could be a a big-time player, but who knows. If they keep him as the joke-joke guy, he's doomed.
0: He's doomed. I mean, just... I, again, I know we joke about it no pun intended, but like the music and stuff for me is just it's it's not good. They really need to give it more of a give him more of a shot by rebranding him as someone that fans can take seriously. Uh we get to the main event of the night, the bloodline, all of the bloodline. Roman Reigns and the Usos battling Drew McIntyre and RK Bro in a very hot main event. Now, I did say going in that I would have put the women on last because that was the only championship match on the show that had stakes in a stipulation. Um, I will say I was wrong. I think they made the right choice by putting this on last. Now, I did enjoy Flair and Rousey, but this was just a better match. The crowd was hotter for it, which is amazing to think that people were as as invested in the match as they were. And again, there were no stakes, but I guess that's just a testament to how over Orton is and really everyone in the match. I mean, everyone in the match is pretty much over just on various levels. So um, this was great stuff. Started out as a pretty standard, slow six-man tag team match, but once they picked up the pace in that second half... This was an absolute blast. A lot of great moments. Everyone really shined. And then, I want to say surprisingly, the Bloodlines won a lot. But I did think, I think I did pick the babyfaces to win last week. Roman Reigns winning the match for his team. Thankfully not pinning uh, you know Orton or McIntyre, just Riddle. But that did surprise me. I was not expecting that. I thought they might use this match to really put over the next challenger to Roman, but we don't know who that's going to be. And we'll get to Roman in a moment. But, um, this was a lot of fun. Again, this reminded me of like a house show main event on steroids. And, uh, it was uh, a lot of, a lot of fun. I thought they utilized the time well. And for a random, no stakes main event for a pay-per-view that no one really cared about coming into the show. I thought they knocked it out of the park and Orton was mega over in this thing. Yeah, this
1: was a great match. Like you said, you, you were one of the people whining that there's no stakes, but, uh, I loved it, I thought it was a great match, big fight feel, I mean, all the guys in the match were over, like I said, Randy was specifically a mega over as well, but, I mean, I think the bloodline was over, I mean, every guy in the match was fucking over, so, you put the biggest six men, basically, in the company, in the same match, you're gonna get a, a great match, and I thought the crowd was in it for every every blow, I mean, the Roman getting hit with the claymore was amazing, and uh, getting rko And I mean, the place went fucking bananas, so, you got like that little show of weakness from Roman, like you Took took two two finishes, so um, I, th- I thought it was I thought it was a great match, and I mean Roman winning. I, I mean I didn't want them to lose, but I thought they would kind of further the, the bloodline, or specifically Jimmy or Jay losing. So that's all they've done lately is eat pinfalls. But Roman won here, and I had no complaints.
0: Was this your match in the night? Because you said Rose and Rollins was the second favorite of the night.
1: I would say. I'll say Rhodes and Rollins my favorite match. I, I don't like putting like six-mans or specialty matches like in the high running just because those are probably get considered better. So I would say... I would No, I said Rhodes and Rollins was a close second to their... I think their first... Their, oh, their okay. First gotcha. I, I would say it's a close second to their first match. Like, it was good, but I don't think it was better than their first match, so i put it at second between their two outings. But I thought Rollins and Rhodes was probably the na- match of the night.
0: Gotcha. Uh, a lot of questions coming out of this one. So you mentioned the bloodline developments. What this means moving forward? Um, a lot of questions, like I said. But first, with the tag team titles, we found that on Raw, RK Bro um, challenging the Usos again. They are headed to SmackDown on Friday, so this will be relevant after SmackDown airs tomorrow. As we speak right now. Um, but they did not forget about the tag team title unification. Now. I, I, I really believe, usually from Meltzer, I mean, other people are more credible, like uh, Fightful's more credible and PW Insider more credible, I think, than Meltzer, who isn't always wrong by any means, but I don't know if you saw this report that he put out there or said this on his show, that he said, oh, there were never any plans to unify the tag team titles. They were never, ever going to do the tag team title match at the pay-per-view, which I don't buy that bullshit for a second because it was Roman in storyline who came up with the idea to unify the tag team titles, And then he was the one that wanted the six-man tag. So why would they even bother promoting the tag team title match if they were never going to fucking do it? You know what I mean? I think they were planning on doing it and they changed their minds, which I don't condone. But I don't think they were always planning on doing the six-man and that was their way of getting there. I think that's stupid. The second thing is he also said the other day that they still have no plans of unifying the titles. Now, mind you, dude, this is the same guy, I believe, unless I'm wrong, that also said earlier this year there were no plans to unify the world titles, and they fucking did that anyway. Again, this company changes their mind more than the weather changes, but still, I do think there's a legit chance that why would they, again, why would they go back to the tag team title unification stuff if they didn't have plan? What, are they going to have an end in a no contest? Why even do the fucking match in the first place? Why even tease it. You know what I mean? I feel like there's still a chance we can get unified champions. Not saying it's a guarantee, but why would you even bring that back up when people probably forgot about it if, again, you don't plan on unifying the tag team titles, which I think is for the better at this point.
1: Yeah, I mean... I think at this point, you might as well do it. They are enough teams. Having two different t- teams hold those belts, I mean, besides them too, there really isn't much even going on, so... I mean, at this point, I would just unify the belts. There's no reason to have two belts when you don't have enough
0: teams. And you think we? I know you said they should. Do you think they will, though? Uh, no. Do you think they save it for Hell in a Cell, or do they do it on TV before then?
1: I really don't know. I would save it for Hell in a Cell. I think that'd be a big match. But
0: I mean, what are we? What are we doing here? Like I said, so what are we? What are we doing moving forward? Because I thought this match might be used to kind of move forward towards Roman's next challenger, and. That's not the case, which is fine. That didn't bother me. Roman wasn't on Raw. He was never advertised. That didn't bother me. I don't know if you'll be on SmackDown. But we're finding out now... Now, it, now, he did say after that house show last weekend, oh, you, this might be the last time I'm in the city or whatever. I never took for a second, and second, I never took that as always leaving the company, his contract's up, he's going to Hollywood, he's going to AEW, obviously, which is ridiculous, but I never took that for a second to mean that he was done wrestling or that he's retiring or whatever. I just figured that meant he would probably not be doing as many house shows, which is exactly what was confirmed that same weekend that he signed a new deal with Lesser Dates. That I think that did come from Meltzer, so I would believe that because that makes sense. Um, which is fine. It comes out a couple days later that, and this is a fact that he's not being advertised for any dates this summer beyond Hell in a Cell. Now, not only that, but it was revealed this morning that he's not even on the poster anymore for the pay-per-view. He was, and now he's not, which is a big indicator of whether he's planning on or whether they're planning on having him be there because, for example, like, When they announced Backlash for the Dunkin' Donuts Center a few months ago, Brock was on the poster. And he was on the poster coming out of WrestleMania. And then they took him off out of nowhere. And it's like, okay, I guess he's not on the show. So when they take you off the poster, that usually means, okay, you're not going to be there unless they just don't know. So... Hearing that, do you think that we're not getting a Roman Reigns championship defense at that next pay-per-view? And what do you think the future holds for him this summer? It doesn't really matter the reason why he's taking time off. It could be a movie. It could be personal reasons. It doesn't really matter. But I feel like that just makes it more of a mistake in retrospect to unify the titles if your champion isn't going to be around.
1: Yeah, I mean... I don't know. I don't know how you you would have him be the champion and then not have him on those shows, um, unless they're going to do some kind of interim champion, which would still be fucking stupid, but I mean, I could see them doing that. So maybe do something like, you do an interim champion, so Roman's out, and then you have like maybe Cody win it, or something like that, and then when Roman comes back, you set, set up like a big match between them as, since Roman's back now. But I still think that's fucking stupid. If you're going to have him be both champions, then if anything, have him lose, at least lose one of the fucking belts. I think maybe, like you said, maybe have him lose one of the belts and then he's still holding the other one. And then you could, I, I would be, I would be less annoyed if they had him lose one belt, he leaves and does whatever he's doing. And then they have like someone win an interim belt. So he lost one of the belts. Mm-hmm. He's, and then, so, I mean, if he has both titles, that's just fucking stupid, so...
0: That's what I'm saying. I feel like if you want to continue the Universal title stuff, that's fine. I don't really want him to lose it right now anyway. Like, I don't think he should lose it at Hell in the Cell. I think it should be one of the bigger shows. At the earliest, I would do it either in Money in the Bank or SummerSlam or the UK show coming up in the, in the next few months. Um, I just, again, not that they... I'm sure they didn't know two months ago that, they were, that he was going to be taking time off. Maybe they did. I, I have no idea. They
1: had to have known.
0: I just... I'm not saying take the universal title off of him. I just don't think it's... I don't think it's a good idea to have have him be both... Have him have both belts. And then he's not on any shows. Like, it sounded like he'd be doing the pay-per-views. And maybe he still will be at Money in the Bank. But Money in the Bank, dude, isn't until fucking July. I mean, hell in the cells in a month. I thought it was fine. Listen, I thought the lack of stakes was dumb. You're right. I did complain about it. But I think to have two straight pay-per-views with no champions... At that point, we're just moving backward. I feel like we're going back to the Brock Lesnar days when he won the belt back in the day. What was it, 2014, 2015? And then he wouldn't be on any fucking shows for like three or four months. I mean, Roman isn't Brock Lesnar. He's not a part-timer. I mean, he can wrestle less dates, but to not even have on on the next pay-per-view, I mean, I just... The show could end up being great, don't get me wrong. WrestleMania Backlash was a lot of fun and no world titles were defended aside from the SmackDown Women's Championship. I just feel like that's really dumb, and you're also wasting your an opportunity here to do Roman and Randy. I just feel like that's right there, dude. People really want to see that, and they're I don't really want to see that at SummerSlam, to be honest with you. I feel like that should be Cody or Drew, but Randy and Roman is the match to do right now, and they're not going in that direction. Again, I could be wrong. SmackDown could change everything.
1: Yeah, I mean, I I, I think that if you're gonna ha- if he's gonna be champion, if he's not gonna uh, if he's not gonna be on the shows. you got to do some kind of interim or take the belt off him mean, it just is what it is so we'll see what happens i think would be dumb if you to show up for the pay per view so then how you're going to build it like Heyman talking for him like mm-hmm. we did that during brock's title reign i'm also with that um so i like i said if anything i would take one belt off him if he leaves do an interim then you can do a title unification with those belts when he gets back i mean sorry not sorry if you're going to take time off you can't just hold the titles hostage
0: I think it's silly, and not just that too, but he is, in my opinion, anyway, one of the best parts of the entire product right now is Roman Reigns. I mean, he's been killing it as heel for the last two years. How much do the shows, specifically SmackDown, suffer in his absence?
1: Oh, it's it's if he's not on the show, this show is terrible. So,
0: and it already is bad as it is. <laughs> yeah,
1: it sucks as it is. Let alone let alone Roman not being in, in it. So,
0: it's bad. I mean, I just don't really know. Like, what do you even have the superstars of SmackDown fight for? At least on Raw, they have enough star power to make it work. I mean, SmackDown has literally been the Charlotte Ronda show for the last couple of months, and that's not a compliment. I, I like both women. The feud has the feud has not been good. Let's be honest. The feud has sucked. Um, are, are we going to be subjected to, to 10 more Ridge and Sheamus and New Day tag team matches? Like, what do you even do? There's no one even left on that show, Ricochet and fucking... Butcher and Gunther? Like, I don't know, man. That just sounds like a disaster. It's not even like you can... It's not even like the mid-card titles mean enough to where if the world titles aren't around. Okay, we can get away with it because the mid-card titles mean something. I mean, theory is the U.S. champion's been fine so far, and it's only been a few weeks. But that Intercontinental title, how many times do we say, is as meaningful as the belt around your waist right now? I mean, come on, man. Eh,
1: I think... We're, I mean, at least Ricochet's been on TV more and winning, so I don't hate it as much, but... uh, I mean, United States Championship, I think theory's been built up enough. He's been on TV. I like it. Don't hate it. Um, but, yeah, the Intercontinental Championship just needs a little bit more prestige. And if that's going to be the only belt on the show, then, yeah, put it on someone like Drew or something. Because I love Ricochet, but he hasn't been built up to be anything at all. So, uh, we'll see.
0: Do you think it's an indictment as well? And we go back to this a lot. But do you think it's an indictment of the fact that WWE just has created no real... Replacements or stars during this Roman run. The Roman run's been amazing. I'm glad it's lasted as long as it has. But as other people have said, we got to start building towards who's next. I'm not going to say they have no stars because I think Drew is well on his way. He already is cemented as a star, I would say. Cody is well on his way. He's being built up, which is great. Bobby's in the background despite being 45. But I also feel like you need to start building that next crop for when Roman's not here because Roman really is the new Cena in a lot of ways and as someone brought up to me on Hashtag on Wednesday, that at least when Cena went away, not that the booking was great, but you had Roman Reigns, and they was they were very clearly building towards Roman as that next guy. As much as I love Cody and Drew, I don't see them as being the next Roman Reigns. I think that could be someone like a if breaker for being serious here, but he's not even on the main roster yet. So by the time Roman starts taking time off, which is now, I feel like they haven't really built anyone up to really... Fill in the void for when Roman Reigns is gone, which is another problem altogether.
1: Yeah, I mean that's especially SmackDown. I mean, if Drew, I think Drew can get. I think they, like you said, if they like don't have the title, and they got to put like the Intercontinental to be like the main champion. Yeah, I just throw it on Drew because it makes sense. But beneath him, there's nobody. I love Sheamus, but he's tied up with the whole goofy New Day shit still. Um, Ricochet, like, hasn't really been booked at that level. Um, Gontha came in. I mean, I guess you could start pushing him up the card, but. At this point, you should already have made men. Like, you should have someone else. If you have two made men on one show, you're in trouble. Because injury or, as it seems, with Roman just leaving, I mean, you're in trouble.
0: That's the problem. I mean, I just, I don't understand. I don't want to see them fast-track the Roman stuff. I really do want to see them build to, um, you know, Roman losing to Cody Rhodes or someone like that. Either I, I would not wait until WrestleMania. I mean, I know the idea of Roman being champion for another year might sound fine on paper because it's like, oh, he's been doing so well, but... It's not a Roman issue. It's more so the company not building up any new stars in Roman's absence. So uh, it's not a good situation. I mean, it's not like I would have had Roman lose at Mania. Because I think having whenever he does lose one, if not both of the belts, I would give Roman some time off. Now, the shows would suffer, but I think it would, like Becky. Like, Becky was only gone for a month. But, I mean, she was champion for so long. And, I mean, she also took a year off during the midst of one of those reigns. But I thought it was nice because we hadn't seen her as not being champion for so long. That her coming back and, you know, taking time off made sense. It was refreshing. It was refreshing for her character. And taking time off for a while made sense. I think you could do the same thing with Roman. The problem is that they're kind of skipping to step four before they even get to step three. And they're taking him, having him take time off, or he's taking time off, before he even loses both belts. That's not good. So hopefully they can build up some replacements in the meantime. I'm not too optimistic, but Drew, at least on SmackDown, is one. you got to build up more beyond that. So they have a big issue right now with Roman Reigns and... Him not being at hell in the cell is not good, but again, maybe it will be end up being a good show if it's headlined by Cody and Rollins for uh, you know inside the hell in the cell for the second. or their third match rather? That could be their match. They could do AJ and Edge inside the cell if they want or just one cell match, that'd be fine too. So we'll see, but it's not looking good so far. Uh, quick notes from Raw before we get your thoughts on Dynamite, Mr. Marceau. It was newsworthy in the sense that we have Alexa Bliss back finally on the red brand after being gone for three months. We haven't seen her since Elimination Chamber. She came back for one night and disappeared again. Uh, prior to that, we hadn't seen her on Raw. We, this was her first in-person appearance on Raw since fucking September which is wild. Since the beginning of the NFL season, Mr. Marceau, was the last time we saw her on Raw, but she was back on Monday, and better than that, I know you love the Fiend stuff, but she was back to being a little Miss Bliss on Monday, a remix theme, she had Lily, whatever, they had to sell the doll, Um, but listen, she beat Sonya in 30 seconds, a nice decisive win for her being back, Sonya's out of power, I thought that was a very positive development from Monday's Raw, and that women's division could only use more star power like her.
1: I completely agree. I mean, hair coming back, I mean, the doll, I mean, like you said, if they have the dolls, they're going to have to fucking sell them, whatever. Maybe once they sell the whole inventory, we'll move on, hopefully. stupid. <laughs> like they said, I know I know." companies are very strict on the inventory, so if they got a lot of those dolls. I mean, they they got to sell them somehow. So maybe we'll just flesh that out until all the Lily dolls are sold, and then we'll, we'll just get her on her own. I mean, I like her coming back. I mean, the only nitpick or problem, I mean, I think she should go to SmackDown. I think they need the help more. Mm-hmm. You put out a tweet saying, which I completely agree, it seems like Raw's been getting all the new people and the show's been, like, a lot better. I mean, I like Raquel, and uh, I'm trying to think. I love Gunther. I think they're two great additions, but the show needs way more help than them. And bringing Bliss, who is an established star, it's not like you're bringing, like, I love Raquel, but she still needs to prove herself. I mean, Bliss is a former champion. I mean, I I think she she carries more weight. And, I mean, Ronda, I mean, she is technically a face, but, I mean people don't treat her like that. So, I mean, her and Bliss would be good as well. I mean, I, I, I think she should have gone to Raw or to SmackDown. I like her, but I just feel like the Raw title is pretty muddied right now. We have a lot of women. I don't think you need to insert Bliss there. I mean, we have Becky, Bianca, Oscar, Liv, Rhea, Doudrop, N- Nikki Ash. Like, you have a ton of people that are established enough that I think putting Alexa Bliss in there. And Sonya. So, that's like nine women that are like, Establish enough that, I mean, I'm not even going to put Dana Brooke in that conversation because she's just terrible. But, <laughs>
0: or Tamina, yeah.
1: Or Tamina, but yeah, like, yeah, that's 10 women there. Like, they're not all going to be pushed. So I think putting her on Smath makes more sense because besides Ronda, I mean, you got Sasha and Naomi, but they're still doing the tag team stuff. I mean, who are you going to have Ronda beat? Zylie? I mean, she's not ready for that. And Raquel, I think she's going to be better as a, as a heel, like you said. I, I would go in that route. Or, like, I even pitched to you if you're going to kind of teeter them in or kind of trying to get them pushed a little bit smaller maybe you could have bliss and Raquel do like the team a little big obviously mm-hmm. if she's not Braun, but I mean she's still uh, the biggest woman they have it's kind of play on what happened in the future she's bronze fiance or girlfriend mm-hmm. obviously they would never acknowledge that but I think that'd be a decent little tag team or something just to get them to do something so we'll see but I think she should have gone smacked smackdown.
0: Yeah, of all the women's you mentioned, of all the names you mentioned from the Raw brand uh, for that women's division, you forgot to mention the newest edition, that being Lacey Evans, who is apparently now a member of the Raw brand. Uh, they aired an abbreviated version of the five or six vignettes they've been airing on SmackDown for the last month now, talking about her backstory and the abuse issues that she's endured physical, mental, emotional, substance issues from her father, all this other sort of stuff. Really depressing stuff, but assuming every bit of it is real, and it sounds like it is, knowing that she is a former Marine. Um, you know, I thought it was a great way to get her over as a babyface. By the end there, kind of felt like they were exploiting her story. But you know what? Listen, people were getting behind it. It got a positive reaction online, went on a little long. But I thought, okay, you know, she made an appearance on SmackDown last week, got a good reaction. The way they kind of handled it was like, they were like, oh, please rise and show Lacey respect was a little weird. But, you know, she didn't give off any heel tendencies when she came out. And then they aired the promos for her on Raw this week, which I thought was weird because she has been on SmackDown for the last month, so if you plan on... I mean, clearly they don't plan. That's not in their vocabulary, but, you know, if they were going to end up putting her on Raw, then why even air the promos on SmackDown? I mean, what a waste of time that was for SmackDown viewers, but whatever. Uh, Not only is she coming to Raw, which is whatever, which I don't think they need her. I think SmackDown could use her more. She's going heel. I mean... The fuck is... Did I miss something? The fuck is this? I mean, I mean... They, they exploit her story, and they use real-life issues, and again, people trying to relate it to Kurt Angle, and they did something similar with him back in the day. This is... I can kind of see the similarities. This is not the same thing. I mean, Kurt Angle was not out there talking about his dad being a fucking drug addict and a substance abuse... You know, having issues with substance abuse, and, and his dad dying at a, before a house show at NXT. I mean, come on, man. This is serious stuff, and now they want us to turn her... They want us to boo her because... Is she, I, I, honestly don't know, dude. That's that's one of the dumber things I've seen this company do in a while. I don't get that at all.
1: Yeah, I mean, <laughs>
0: come on, man, what the fuck?
1: It's kind of dumb, like you said. They get the sympathy. I mean, honestly, you know, what I, I mean, it's a different case scenario. But like, there was one uh, AEW was starting to push Will Hobbs, and they're like, oh, you know, like he wrestles for his brother. His brother was killed in a drive-by, and no joke, like two weeks later, he turns heel. It's like, wait, you just told us that sympathetic story. That, that's also wrestles-
0: very dumb. Yeah
1: he wrestles for his brother who got killed in a drive-by now all of a sudden he's a heel attacking the baby phases. so i mean <laughs> doesn't really make much sense he like said that gave you this heartfelt story like i'm assuming it's real i mean I, I i don't think they'd embellish that much maybe a couple things but i mean it seemed like some deep stuff and just to turn her heel it just why though like why turn her heel it
0: makes no sense no it makes no sense dude i just i don't understand i just don't get it and uh Maybe they'll maybe maybe the report is wrong. I don't know. I mean, I know she's head of the RAW. I mean, that that's pretty clear. But maybe that part of the maybe that part of the report is not accurate, and she's not turning heel. And that's just speculation. I don't know. I guess we'll see. But to me, that's pretty dumb. I think she is an example of someone you mentioned, Alexa Bliss, that will get lost in the shuffle on RAW. And I know you've never been the biggest Lacey Evans fan. I'm not even saying she's my favorite wrestler of all time, but. SmackDown could use some, especially if she's going to be a heel, which, again, stupid, but she's someone that could phase Ronda. I mean, what the fuck is she going to do on Raw? I mean, who do they really have for her to feud with on Raw? Alexa Bliss? I mean, I don't know. That just also seems like a very stupid move, in my opinion. When They already have enough heels as it is between Rhea, and they have Becky, and they have Dewdrop, Nikki, Carmella, Zelina, blah, blah, blah. They have so many heels as it is. Lacey does not need to be added to that mix. I completely agree. Completely stupid, and... uh What was the other thing? The Raw Women's Division. Oh my god. The other thing from Raw, I'll mention this real quick. That Asuka promo was fucking terrible. I'm sorry. The match with Bianca was fine. It was three minutes long. Can we please stop with the just random nonsense? I love Asuka, but this is getting out of hand.
1: Yeah, I honestly can't stand the screaming Japanese stuff. I I mean, some people people love it, which I don't get it. So, we'll see. I mean, it's nice to see her back, but
0: uh, I don't just, know, man. I, it, it's nice to ever back, but this character... Stop. What'd you say? I said, please stop. They have to stop. I mean, literally, dude, in the arena, it was... I thought the loudspeakers were going to explode. She was screaming, calling her a baby. I'm like, the fuck is this? I mean, you, you can't pick and choose. If this was almost anyone else, I'd be like, yeah, this is bad. But, I don't know. The, the representation of certain talent, specifically the Japanese town they have you know, Nakamura out there doing nothing, look like an idiot. He lost the Sammy's name by count out last week. He can... I know he can speak English. They don't have him speak any good English on the show at all. Like, they barely have him speak. That's stupid. They have Tazawa out there in a fucking ninja costume. I mean, seriously. I mean, I know we come to expect this shit, but when you really think about it, it's so dumb. I just don't get it.
1: Yeah, I, I mean, I'm just over kind of the whole Oscar screen. Like, she was great when she was just serious, and yeah, I wish she the greatest pro, but at least, like, we got a little English, and I just start screaming. Like I just, I
0: just don't care. I thought you found it funny. I'm just dumb at this point. It's beyond dumb. We'll close out with thoughts on Dynam. I know we kind of did a mini review before we hit the uh, record button here, but I, I enjoyed the show. We got the uh, first two quarterfinal matches of the Men's Owen Hart Cup. Uh, we got the first round match, or rather, the first quarterfinal match of the Women's too, with Jamie Hayter losing to Tony Storm, and I thought it was a very good match. Cole and Dax Harwood having a pretty good match. Hardy and uh, Allen, Jeff Hardy and Darby Allen, did not feel like a tournament match at all. Uh, the anything goes stipulation was fitting for them, but wasn't exactly fitting for a tournament match. I would have saved that for a rematch. But uh, yeah, just give me your quick thoughts on Dynamite, man. I know, I, I know, we already talked about it previously before we record here, but you know, I enjoyed the show. That the crowd is hot. The MJF segment was great. The stipulation is weird, um, and it's also kind of following the same formula as the Cody stuff from a few years ago. That Darby Allen bump was. Fucking dumb. I'm sorry. The match I enjoyed. Um, it was exactly what I thought it would be. It was a nice little attraction. Whatever. But I will agree with you on one thing. That bump from Darby was one of the dumbest things I have ever seen.
1: Oh, yeah. Fucking dumbest. Fucking bump for no reason. Just to have it. So dumb. Um, but, no, I thought it was a fine show. Like you said, the MJF segment, I, I thought was my favorite part of the show. The whole labors or, like, conditions, like we said before, it's just, like, can they get less lazier, like... This is literally like a mixture of what they did with Jericho and Cody and Punk. Like, oh, if you want to fight me, you got to face this guy, or you got to get ten lashes, or you got to face a guy in a steel cage. And I'm the guest referee. You got to face a fucking Mexican Mexican luchador and a fucking <laughs> death match guy. And it just, I don't know. It's it's not like MJF's even the champion. He's just like a, a dastardly heel. It's like why would all these people want to go through all this stuff just to face him? Like, I know they want to get their hands on him, but like, I don't know. It just it seems when you do it over and over again, it's kind of lazy booking, but. I guess that's what they just keep doing with them. So if they could just change that formula a little bit, it would be better. I mean, the promo and the whole segment was fine. Like, the whole Dark Side of the Ring promo I fucking died at. But the actual labors or conditions are just, like, overdone at this point. They need to find a more creative way to get, get to A to Z with his uh, storylines. But that was good. That the, like you said, the Owen Hart matches stuff were pretty good. Uh, the Hater and Storm match, I, I like both women. So I thought it was fine. It seemed a little rushed. I mean, I wish they got a little bit more time. They I were. agree. They were kind of sandwiched in between uh, the main event and then, uh, the, I think it was the or appreciation stuff, so it was kind of sandwiched in there. But uh, that was a fine match, like we said last week. I, I, I wish Hater was going a little bit further. I think they could build her into a big star, but if you're going to have Storm in the tournament, I mean, she should basically win it. Um, I mean, she got to push her. She should probably win the whole thing. I, I don't know if it's been clarified what they win. I keep seeing just the Owen, like, do they? Is they just win a trophy? Like, is there a title match? Uh, I mean, no, you're no, right. I
0: think it is just the trophy. But I would hope that they give him a title shot. It's not. It's not confirmed. But I would hope they would push them towards title contention. In my opinion.
1: Yeah, I completely agree. So we'll we'll see. I think it was a good first match. Interesting to see what what goes on in the next round. Um, but no, I thought that was a good part. The Jericho appreciation stuff. I, I mean, great to see Danielson and and, and the Blackpool Combat Club involved, but. I mean, the whole appreciation stuff is just terrible. I mean, it's not good. It's not doing any of those members any good besides Jake Ayer because he's just terrible by himself. So at least he has someone to to look at. But I, I was told Danny Garcia and 2.0 are these big breakout stars, and they've probably gotten even further downhill since since joining the group. It just it's like the freaking it's like the inner circle. None of them actually benefited. Maybe Sammy, but by the end he was kind of he was kind of far aligned away from the group. So. Um, that's when he kind of starts seeing his push. So
0: yeah.
1: that's, I mean, they just got to move on. Jesus Christ. No one cares. Um.
0: <laughs> why didn't Sammy ever take exception to the inner circle breaking up? By the way, we saw no inner, I feel like, why does this get lost? Like when SCU broke up, no Scorpio sky involvement at all until a year later when inner circle breaks up. Sammy, Sammy Guevara has nothing to do with it. Like it just doesn't make any sense. If he were blood brothers with these people, why wouldn't he be involved? Because it's, it's convenient for them. And, if, you know, if WWE did the same thing, we'd be, not we, but, like, people would be complaining about it. Why is it any different for AEW? Because
1: it's just different. I mean, just, like, why would why would Jungle Boy want to fight for the FTW belt, which is not even sanctioned, it is a made-up title, to then if he loses, then he gives someone a real title shot? That makes no <laughs> sense. They're, they're literally ass backwards booking, and then he lost. Because of Swerve and Keith Lee, but then we're seemingly going to get them involved as well, which I, 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 I guess. I mean. This is
0: what happens when you have too many people on your roster, though.
1: <sighs> you think? I mean, I just I don't know. I just think it makes no sense. Like I said, storyline, like, hey, yeah, if you if I get a title for a, a shot at a title that's not sanctioned or acknowledged and you beat me, you could actually get a real title shot for my tag team titles. Mm hmm you're just a fucking idiot. You're just a dumb babyface at that point. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I don't know. They're fucking... I think the problem with Jungle Boy specifically, they've just, like, pushed and stopped him so many times. It's getting to a point that I specifically just don't care. He was pushed for a title run, he loses. Push for a title run, loses. Push for a title run, loses. Now he's a tag team champion, but they literally pushed them when they were their least significant as a team. I mean, when they won the belt, people were like, oh, that's great and all, but... Mm-hmm. Uh, like there's five or six other teams in the division that should have the belts mean a lot more than them, so interested to see who's the ones to take the belts off them, but uh, it was a fine match. I just think the whole situation just just makes them seem like an idiot, but they do that a lot with their baby faces, and then Punk and Hangman, I mean, it's fine. I thought it was fine. The Silver-Punk match was good for what it was. The main event, not my cup of tea, I, I mean... I don't know why they just randomly turned into no-holds-barred match in a, in, a, in a tournament. It just... Uh, I mean, I, I guess that's what that's all Darby can do. The spot... Fucking so stupid. I mean... <laughs> why would you do it? I just don't know. Like, what I,
0: don't, to- I don't know, dude.
1: I just don't Okay, and then after he hits that, he then did the one on the fucking apron, which sounded terrible. Like, this kid's like... I understand you like a... He's like... Uh, free like he's like a stunt devil but Jesus Christ he's gonna be in a fucking wheelchair soon just doing dumb spots for no reason it's just like it's not it, on free TV on free TV people have to pay for it in the first round of a tournament <laughs> that's supposed to be prestigious you got a garbage no holds barred match this guy's gonna handicap himself and paralyze himself for a fucking stupid spot that no one's gonna remember
0: what do you think Mark he'll, the Hart was thinking about watching that
1: he'll remember it tomorrow when he wakes up in a wheelchair I mean Jesus Christ he's so <laughs> dumb and I don't, people, oh my god, big spot, like, <laughs>
0: stupid. Yeah, yeah it's a like, oh.
1: spot that you, like, get, get all horned up for, but the guy's gonna be in a wheelchair.
0: Nah, it was dumb, dude. It was dumb. I, I know they want to put shit in their fucking highlight reels and stuff, but we just saw this a week or two ago with uh, Sammy and Scorpio, when Sammy did that dumb, what was it, the 450 or whatever it was, the Phoenix splash off the ladder and then fucking missed, and I think he hurt himself because he hasn't wrestled since. I mean, that's what happens. Even even the apron spot I didn't hate. I mean, it's stupid, but he's done far more dangerous things. And then you also have to ask yourself, how is that even allowed by the people who produce the match? I mean, why would Tony Khan... if you're Tony Khan, why would you let him do something like that? What if he fucking got seriously hurt and then he's off your pay per view? One of your most popular baby faces just got injured because of something you let him do. That's very dumb to me. And not only that, I mean I didn't hate this, but Jeff Hardy winning? I mean, why, though? I mean, I love Jeff Hardy, but it's like the guy looks like he's moving in quicksand at this point. I mean, it looks like he's wrestling underwater. I mean... Also,
1: didn't Darby hit him with his finish and then he just rolled him
0: over? Yeah, I think they've done that before with Cody. I wasn't a big fan of that. I was pretty silly, too. I mean, I was not a fan of the finish, personally.
1: I was not hot yeah. on
0: that. I don't know. Stupid, but uh, we'll see. Jeff Hardy's probably losing to Adam Cole in the next round, you would think, right? Yeah. Yeah, I would think so. Who's your current pick again? We talked about this last week. I, I thought Darby went win the whole thing, and he fucking lost to Jeff Hardy. So I don't know. My my bracket just got busted.
1: Um, I think I said Adam Cole.
0: Adam Cole, I could see that. I see him beating Jeff, and it's probably. I think it's going to be Joe and uh, Cole in the finals. I would think. Yeah, that makes sense. But we'll talk more about it next week with the big Joker reveal on Dynamite next week, along with everything else on Raw and the WWE World, AEW, and whatever. Head to Double or Nothing in two short weeks, Mr. Marceau, doing a production show, and we'll see you that weekend. I'm very excited for that. I can't wait. Super pumped. Get the uh, bed ready, fluffing up the pillows, get that chicken ready we're very excited for. New episodes of the show every single Thursday, WrestleRant.com, WrestleRantRadio.com, iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, TuneIn Radio, iHeartRadio, Podbean, Google Podcast, Amazon Music, and Pandora. Rate the show, review the show, subscribe to the show. Never miss an episode every single Thursday. Have an awesome one, Mr. Marceau. I'll catch your ass next week, brother. Adiós